Well, welcome back, all. We have a special friend of Chimes today, Tim Tyndall. He uh, he has a, a few more years of experience than I do in health IT. Um, well, actually, a few more than even that. 35 years of information technology experience. So he's probably seen a lot, uh, especially in healthcare. He's currently the chief information officer of Spoke and uh, has been there since 2019. Uh, and and obviously a great player in healthcare. He was the CIO of, of Harris Health System in Houston, Texas. Uh, and prior to joining that, he also served as the president of Anatech. I think that's the right way to say it there, Tim. Information <laughs> Services, where he provided large enterprise software solutions uh, and design and development for Fortune 100 companies. He also worked for Compact. Now, there's probably a few of our listeners that go, who's Compact? He might have to explain that to a few of us. Us old timers, we know who Compact is. Uh, <laughs> Um, in, in their original portable computer division. Uh, in his free time, this is pretty cool, so hopefully we'll get a little into this as well. Uh, Tim is a landscape photographer who travels the world, probably hasn't been doing much of that lately, at least been restricted. <laughs> He's also a blues guitarist. Now that's really interesting as well. Tim, welcome to our Leader to Leader podcast program. Thanks, Russ. Glad to be here. Well, first and foremost, how are you, your family doing during, and, and you know, great team over at Spoke, uh, and, and what are they doing during this crazy, crazy time uh, of COVID and near recovery, then falling back a little bit and all the other, the rest of it? Well, uh, Spoke itself, uh, you know, we were very fortunate in that uh, uh, literally the entire organization was on laptops and half of the company uh, uh, worked remotely anyway. So our, our transition to a pandemic wasn't nearly as traumatic as, as some organizations. Um, but on the flip side of that, our customers, our healthcare customers were going through, you know, just um, an amazing amount of change and uh, very, very rapidly. And so uh, uh, that kept us busy trying to, to do what we can to, to help them transition from what was normal healthcare to pandemic healthcare. So. What? And you and the family are well. Our family's doing great. Uh, you know, uh, I've got four kids and six grandkids, and uh, you know, the biggest issue is is they're all healthy, but it's uh, it's been painful not to spend uh, the face to face time. But uh, but we stay in touch, much like everyone does. Well, I went over a little bit, but tell us how you got to this position at, at Spoke now, and we can even talk about that a little bit because me included, full of metal few times it was referred to it as our good friend on Star Trek, Spock. Uh, I'm sure you've only heard that about a thousand times, but uh, more importantly, tell us how you get to that position as CIO at uh, Spoke. Well, uh, you know, I, um, my, my life prior to um, working at Harris Health and in a healthcare provider space, uh, I did a lot of uh, uh, high-tech startups uh, and uh, Compaq was one of many. Um, and then I got hooked on healthcare and I got hooked on the healthcare mission of Harris Health, which was really a, the third largest public health system uh, with serving the underserved. And so I, um, I enjoyed that for 15 years. I accomplished a lot. Uh, and then I got a phone call one day from, uh, from Spoke. And uh, although Spoke is a company that's been around for a long time and they're a public company, um, they were focused on uh, on this very, very creative and innovative idea uh, for a uh, communications platform for healthcare that was a next generation cloud native um, on Amazon uh, 
that would serve the healthcare industry in new and really pretty exciting ways. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I, I'm toward the end of my career and uh, my entrepreneurism got the best of me. And uh, with uh, what they discussed, their interest being really aligned with some real giant holes that I saw in healthcare from a communications uh, strategy and, and, um, and the next generation of active communications that the industry really needs. And so I just, it aligned. It's like working for a startup company that happens to have been public and been around for decades, uh, but uh, yet it's very entrepreneurial. And this particular uh, new focus of the company is I think going to be a, a game changer for healthcare. So that's what got me to jump, uh, jump ship and cross the street. Uh, so I, I refer to myself as a recovering healthcare CIO. Um, I don't know if there is such a thing, really. I mean, it's kind of like being another addict. At this point, we're always just this, this thing's always inside of us called being a CIO. So, yeah. you know, on that, on that note, we all need releases. We all need something to de-stress. Um, you, I, as I introduced you, you've got a couple that are pretty interesting. You, you do landscape photography and, and you play a little guitar. Like I, I would imagine the guitar little easier to do during a pandemic than get out and take uh, world pictures of uh, landscapes. Yes, it is. Uh, but uh, my wife will tell you that uh, in, in, unless she gets to get out of the house sometimes, she just prefer that I would do that when she's out shopping. Uh, I do like to crank it up loud and, <laughs> and, uh, um, and have some fun. But uh, my band now is, a, uh, is limited to um, a computer program. But, you know, they do exactly what I tell them to do. And we always make the changes just right on time. So, um, but yeah, I've had a lot of fun um, in my spare time continuing to, to play. So is the photography thing completely on hold or are you, uh, are you still at least getting out some and taking a little? Um... You know, that, that's the neat thing about photography is that, uh, you know, you can go almost anywhere and, uh, and it's a, it's a matter of perspective, right? You'll see something and it just hits you the right way. And, and with a camera, you can make magic happen. So, um, and landscape photography, you're out in the wide open spaces. So you don't really need uh, to worry about being in a crowd or uh, any of the traditional pandemic stuff. It's kind of a good release. The thing that is, uh, you know, the subject it's nicer to be able to get on a plane where you're going to a place that you've done a lot of research on and, and you know uh, what your, uh, uh, the shots that you're wanting to take and that type of thing, which is typically what I've done. Um, <clears throat> but uh, it's also made me probably a little bit more creative since I have uh, less flexibility on, uh, on where I'm gonna go and what's, what there is to, to take pictures of, so. Um, so I never, I never stop. I've added a drone to my repertoire. So wow, that's pretty cool. I had a drone for one day. I got it stuck in a tree and I've never seen it since. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So let's, let's talk a little bit about spoke. Um, can you give me an idea of, of what the vision or, or the philosophy, the focus of spoke even is? Cause obviously you've got customers that really know what you do, but there's probably some that don't. Well, you know, it's, it is interesting. Uh, Spoke is the largest uh, paging company in North America with just under a million pagers. And 
Um, and that is uh, an old technology that's been around for a long time, and it's primarily uh, in healthcare. And uh, a lot of people wonder why has paging hung on so long in healthcare? Um, our other customers include uh, a familiar theme, though, life safety type environments, because the paging technology is uh, it's old, but it's incredibly effective penetrating hostile uh, radio frequency environments like hospitals with uh, solid concrete walls and all kinds of uh, lead and, and radiology areas. And um, if you've been in a hospital, you know how many dead zones there are with cell phones and even Wi-Fi networks. There's just a constant fight to, uh, to get good coverage in there. So Paging has just evolved as the most reliable form of communications in healthcare. And so that's why you still see so many uh, carrying pagers. And, uh, and so that, that's the core business uh, that uh, uh, Spoke has. Now, uh, beyond that, Spoke had a on-premise uh, communications platform called Care Connect Suite. And uh, that platform is in thousands of hospitals across the U.S. Um, that platform interfaces with the PBX and contact center personnel. So, uh, you know, that nerve center, the uh, page operators and those folks that uh, call the codes and uh, get messages out to doctors and connect people. Um, uh, we provide the software that allows them to rapidly do that. Uh, it also has like an on-call schedule, so you always know you know, who is the doctor on call for pediatrics, you know exactly who it is. And, uh, and then uh, it also has all kinds of forms of automation for from nurse call to uh, other types of more clinical um, messaging and, and complex messaging. So that's an on-premise solution uh, that we have. Uh, and then uh, the thing that got me very, very interested is the new focus of Spoke uh, which is uh, the Spoke Go platform. It is on AWS. It is not a um, on-premise solution that somebody popped in the cloud. It is written from scratch, cloud native. It's multi-tenant and it is incredibly powerful. Uh, it's an intelligent communications platform um, that is uh, um, steeped in workflow. Uh, and so if you can imagine extending the workflows of your EHR to uh, include the next step, which is to let somebody know that there's information they need to know about. So, um, uh, as well as the, a lot of the traditional stuff that Spoke has done. So the nurse call, uh, patient monitoring, um, workflow, custom workflow designed uh, communication solutions. So um, that Spoke platform is, uh, is really, really um, uh, an amazing uh, piece of technology that I think is going to change uh, healthcare. It's going to activate the EHR uh, from being a passive uh, companion to healthcare providers to being uh, uh, an active member. So that is the third line of business that Spoke has, and uh, and we're off to the races. So you, you talked about roles changing. You talked about places changing. Well, nothing happened could have ever happened probably in healthcare more than about a year ago when just about everything changed. So tell us how you all had to flex and how you support your customers as they flex is way understatement for what the uh, providers had to do during this period of time, but you all had to do it too. So tell us how you reacted and supported customers and what you saw in the industry, all that kind of stuff. 
Well, you know, I think uh, the, the, the huge impact to the healthcare industry um, was the same for at, at, at first as uh, almost everyone, uh, which is there was a large segment of their workforce that all of a sudden had to work from home. Um, and so uh, that was a, uh, a big shift for, for healthcare and everybody else. Um, you know, a lot of healthcare is done on Citrix and those type of technologies existed to help healthcare institutions um, move uh, people home. Uh, but most people didn't have laptops. And so there were many, many challenges. And then not everyone had collaboration tools up and running like, uh, you know, Microsoft Teams or something like that. So uh, that was certainly, certainly challenging. Um, and then, you know, from the other big impact for healthcare was, was telehealth. Um, you know, when I was at Harris, we had stood up telehealth. Um, but actually getting the organization to shift the care model to carve out certain amount of ambulatory visits to telehealth was, you know, it wasn't really rocketing along. Um, and so I think that when the pandemic hit, um, the healthcare industry went through decades worth of change in just a few months uh, as telehealth became really almost the only mechanism for an ambulatory visit. And so people got comfortable with that pretty quick. And uh, those that uh, those that had it in place were glad, and those that didn't were were really uh, having to uh, pull a rabbit out of their hat to make that make that happen. And then our customers, uh, you know, uh, as as we saw on the news, uh, uh, with so many critically ill family members and the inability to see them uh, because of the contagious nature of COVID. Um, created really a crisis in uh, the ability to have caregivers and, and patients communicate with their families. <clears throat> and so that was a, a kind of a heart-wrenching uh, piece of this whole thing. And I think that the value that's come out of how a lot of people solve that problem, you know, um, uh, HHS gave some, you know, some uh, relief legally for technologies and, and a lot of folks use consumer grade, you know, FaceTime and that type of thing to help close that gap. Um, uh, and that worked, but I think that the benefits of this are going to stay longer than, than just the pandemic. Um, but I do think we're going to have to find some uh, better, more long-term uh, uh, solutions that are healthcare specific and, and really address the privacy and security a little bit better. So, so you mentioned earlier, you even say the word pager today, you start thinking fax machine and thinking some of this really older technology, but you, you positioned it earlier that this is really enabling an advancement into these next levels of technology and workflow. And tell us how that all works. Tell us how, I mean, you can't tell us everything, obviously you got trade secrets, yeah. but at least tell us why this is still pagers, but this next level of technology. Well, I think that, um, you know, pagers have, are, are embedded in so many organizations' workflows. Um, you know, the communication systems that people do have, uh, when you call a code, uh, rapid response teams, they have uh, pagers. Um, and, and so on and on, it's, it's typically in critical communications that these pagers are deployed, sometimes as a backup device and sometimes as a primary device. Um, the other thing is, is that when you take a look at today, uh, healthcare institutions deploying smartphones as a communication device 
by the time you put a uh, case on it with an extra battery and put charging stations up and get extra units so that when uh, yours dies, you, you, there's extras that you can pull on that's been charged, so on and so forth. You're spending $2,200, $2,300 a device. Well, there's a lot of workers that, you know, um, that don't need um, a bi-directional communication. You know, if you're dispatching somebody for patient transportation or you need the, uh, one of the patient rooms cleaned or a myriad of other uh, roles that happen in, in a healthcare institution, uh, a, a pager uh, is a dirt cheap option to, uh, to give to that part of that workforce. Um, so and it's not just for paging doctors and nurses on emergency basis, but it can also be a very inexpensive alternative to, uh, um, to a traditional uh, smartphone phone deployment. And so those are, are some of the use cases that, that we're seeing. Now, as uh, coming out of a academic medical center, um, I watched um, medical students get into their residency and be handed their pager and they grew up on smartphones and they looked at that pager and said, how does this work? <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna go into too much detail, but, uh, uh, I am uh, taking some of my experience from there and uh, spoke is really taking a hard look at how we can modernize the paging technology for that smartphone generation and really focus on improving the usability and, uh, and also enabling new features uh, to better support teams and role-based use cases. So like I said, the rapid responses. Oftentimes now you have to go get the rapid response pager and then you start to look like Tim the tool man. You've got a pager, your normal pager, you've got your rapid response pager. Uh, and so we're looking at ways to reinvent that and, and come up with something that is more easily um, uh, adopted by the, the smartphone generation and a better, uh, more easily deployed solution for working with teams and role-based communications that paging is really embedded in in healthcare today. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's funny that you go backwards in technology, at least time-wise, and people are not used to that. They're like, what is this thing and how does it work kind of deal? <laughs> that's right. But, yeah, it's funny. Most CIOs like us, we look at those things that way anyway, even if they're new. So, you know, so what we're seeing a lot right now is just an overarching concern on cost. And it's driving into two directions, cost cutting or extreme efficiency. Um, sometimes both. But extreme efficiency doesn't mean cutting cost. It, it means getting really good at what you do uh, in a really efficient way. What, what are you seeing uh, and what are your thoughts on what we're seeing in the industry right now? Well, as far as uh, uh, you know, cost cost cutting uh, from a communications point of view, you know, we talked about the the pager uh, piece of that. Um, but I think that it's really about making the workforce more efficient and more effective. Uh, we've we've talked about um, for years in healthcare CIOs. Um, eventually getting to what is known as the real-time healthcare organization. So everybody's aware of exactly what they need to be aware of when they need to be aware of it. And, and, uh, uh, and then they are making those inter interventions uh, 
at the time they need to be made to get better outcomes, lower mortality rates, you know, the, the kind of thing that is nirvana in, in healthcare. And so I think that um, it, it isn't necessarily the underlying, always the underlying cost of things like health, healthcare communication solutions, but it's what it can do for you. So when you look at um, how much information is sitting in an EHR, you know, uh, when I was with Harris, we deployed a number of predictive analytics. One of them was for sepsis. And, um, and with sepsis, the Epic platform was able to just do an amazing job of helping us understand those patients that had a high risk. And it allowed the medical staff to come up with a protocol to address that. And, and the number of lives that were saved were, were truly amazing. But that basically allowed us to get from recognition to a, a protocol from the 40% range to the 70% range, and that saved a bunch of lives. But if we had the right communications technology that was able to actively uh, connect with that EHR, know that that risk factor had hit a tipping point and automatically communicate to that care team that you have a, a potential sepsis issue with this patient. Um, you know, if they ran rounds at seven o'clock in the morning and they weren't planning on coming back till four in the afternoon, you know, they, no one's just going to open that chart on every patient all day long. Uh, this allows um, an immediate notification to the care team of something that may not have been looked at for hours. And as you know, uh, with sepsis, hours matter greatly as far as the survivability of sepsis uh, in, in there. And, and you can apply that to much more common things. So abnormal results uh, uh, and those type of things. So there's just so much information in an EHR uh, that people need to know about uh, that's passive, waiting for somebody to log in and bring up the chart. Um, and there's gleaning just the, the uh, few things that really make a difference and being able to connect those workflows in the EHR intentionally to a communications platform that can then activate that information by getting the right person's attention and giving them the information um, makes the organization more efficient, reduces mort mortality rates, readmission rates. It, it becomes a, an addictive tool to um, just make a, a huge change in quality in the healthcare institution. And as you know, um, improvements in, in quality, uh, it's like the holy grail. It reduces, uh, it improves outcomes, but it, it automatically just beneficially reduces costs on things that are much more expensive than technology, but it's the cost of healthcare delivery. You know, what's interesting right now, and I'm hearing this pervasive across the industry and, and really even globally, uh, the, the roles of the traditional CIO were to communicate, secure, protect, connect, all those kinds of things, the traditional organization, buildings, locations, that kind of stuff. But now as we look forward, it really is, everywhere is our responsibility, every home, every location, everything is, is kind of what we're focused on. And so as you look at that, and, and you look at communication, and we've had everything from, you know, uh, let's just go all the way back to the Pony Express to now the promises of 5G in the world of communication. Um, never mind what I often refer to as the scourge of email. 
um, <laughs> which is which is if if we ever had to handwrite as many emails we sent first, we'd never say what we said, and we wouldn't send but about two percent of them if we did. Um, <laughs> but the reality is, how do you see the trends of communication coming? And maybe even a company like yours, which has a traditional play but in a new model, integrating with things like five G and all this advanced communication that will kind of look like Star Trek before we know it. Well, I think that, uh, you know, again, the, the push towards a, a telehealth model, the, the need for much tighter communications with patients and family, um, you know, you're open in the home um, and there's gazillions of those. And, and 5G is going to uh, certainly enable um, the ability for, uh, you know, remote collection of patient information, uh, even uh, home monitoring, that type of thing to work seamlessly without a lot of technical um, finagling that the patient has to do to get it to work. And so as, as technology like 5G and, um, and the healthcare technology evolves to be able to take real-time data from patients at home, uh, as we find new and more important ways to engage with patients and families, um, I think we're going to see uh, uh, an explosion of synchronous and asynchronous uh, communication methods um, in delivery of healthcare and and really beyond the delivery, uh, but also addressing the social determinants of health, which, um, as we all have learned uh, in in the last few years, how important uh, that really is, and so. Um, being able to take healthcare and uh, connect with patients at, in where they live uh, has a profound impact and uh, communications technology is the only way that's going to make that, uh, make that happen. Um, you know, there are so many people that have chronic diseases that are uh, the underserved in our community and uh, they make the decision every day whether or not they um, are sick enough to miss a day's work and potentially not make the rent at the end of the month. Uh, and so uh, for that um, part of our society, um, making this leap to a connected home and telehealth and leveraging these technologies uh, is, is, even, is even more important. Uh, so uh, I think it's, a, it's a really an exciting time. Um, I think healthcare is going to get to reinvent itself um, and just as you've probably participated in a lot of root cause analysis uh, where communications is oftentimes um, one of the biggest contributing factors to uh, system failures, um, we have an opportunity to, to really turn that on its ear and make communications the backbone of how we deliver and uh, improve quality and outcomes. So a couple more quick questions as our time's getting closer and closer running out. So, you know, you, you've seen it from all angles um, as, as a consumer of these solutions, now providing these solutions as building them in years past. Uh, I mean, you've, you've kind of seen every angle on this. So as you look forward uh, for in particular for the instance you are as a CIO at, at Spoke, you know, advance two years from now, a year from now, six months from now, whatever time frame you want, what's, what's success for, for you all and your customers look like? I think it looks like, um, it looks like our technology being in papers about 
how we have transformed um, the delivery of healthcare, how uh, sorting through the noise that exists for clinicians in a clinical environment, you know, just the nonstop barrage of stuff heading their EMR in basket and all the forms of communications. It's, it's, it's that we're going to deliver um, communications that allows those clinicians to filter out the noise, get the stuff they need to have, and at the system level, uh, connecting um, those clinical protocols and workflows to communication workflows are, are going to make um, the identification of issues and the response to those issues almost immediate. Uh, and I think that that vision of real-time healthcare is really held back uh, by the lack of this type of technology. And so in a couple of years, as this really comes to, to realization, uh, I think it's going to uh, truly, truly be seen as a, a hidden jewel that emerged as something that helped close so much of that gap uh, in, uh, in the delivery of healthcare and the quality of healthcare. So, you know, I, I think that's what hooked me on healthcare was that, uh, that it's a very real thing for, uh, that everyone can relate to uh, because we're all patients. Uh, and we've all had loved ones that have been in the hospital and those type of things. And so, you know, it's just a different kind of reward than necessarily a monetary reward, but it's the reward of being able to see that what you're contributing to is benefiting uh, tens of thousands or millions of, of patients across the world. Yeah, I call it the unattainable goal at this point. Any information, anytime, anywhere, any device. Oh, yeah. And then we have to use the word securely on top of that to put a wrap. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's the world of the CIO right now. I mean, it is an unattainable vision, but yet at the same time, one worth pursuing. So I love the way you put that, Tim. It really does fit this. So maybe with the last question, again, a guy who's seen it all, one of our great leaders in healthcare that's really seen so much of our industry mature over the years, even take us six, 12 months, 18 months from now, as we come out of COVID, all this kind of, what do you, what do you see healthcare looking like? We've got all kinds of new players, new innovations, new disruptors. What do you, what do you see it look like? Well, I, I see uh, I see customers form or customers that they are customers, but patients far more engaged in their in their healthcare. I see um, a, a customer and patient driven force um, that is going to change how healthcare gets delivered. Uh, I think that uh, we're going to see a um, connected environment that. Uh, means we it's going to challenge us um, the, the additional options and freedoms patients will have to um, acquire health care is going to make it more difficult for us to uh, coordinate care and make sure that we have the, the big picture. Um, and I think there's a chance that we could see in the next 18 months a, a commoditization of health care if we're not careful, if we don't uh, find ways to do a better job of uh, connecting with these patients and, and getting uh, all of their information and being able to holistically um, work with them. So I see um, an explosion of opportunity, um, but I think we see an explosion of change, uh, social change, and, and how that's going to impact our ability to serve our, our patients. Uh, so uh, 
I don't think that uh, we're going to leave uh, all of the changes that have happened because of the pandemic. I think uh, many of those uh, are going to be here to stay. Uh, and I think we're, we're going to innovate uh, around some of those uh, new challenges um, and, uh, and see, see a, a very different world than we see today, even in the next 18 months. So, you know, shifting 30% of your uh, healthcare activity uh, to home is a sea change. And I think we, uh, we just call it telehealth, but it's a lot bigger than that. And it isn't very mature right now. And so really the next 18 months has to uh, allow us to not only have that activity happening, but to be better at it and to be able to deliver the, the high quality healthcare uh, remotely. So those are just some of the challenges in the near term, the next 18 months that I think we'll be seeing ha happen. The thing that a lot of folks didn't wanna have happen, which is telehealth has happened. Uh, now, how do we get really good at it? And uh, how, do we, how do we make that a, a hardwired part of healthcare delivery. So I think those are some of the things that we'll see in the next 18 months that will change, um, will we'll begin to evolve our world of healthcare. Well, as one of my great mentors said, the best time to be part of healthcare is today, because that's really the only option you have. And so uh, we all are right where we are for a reason, and we're all gonna continue to thrive. But Tim, I've, I've watched you for two decades as you led down in Houston, you've led uh, in other capacities, but it's great to have you in this role and a great part of Chine still and part of our family. And thank you for being on our program today and continue to try to help so many across the globe. Thank you, Russell, very much. Look, look forward to seeing you in person in the not too distant future. Hopefully sooner than we think. So, uh, and for you, our listeners, we'd like to thank you for joining us for this episode of the Leader to Leader podcast. As always, you can visit us on our website at chimecentral.org forward slash media or on Apple or Spotify for this and all of our programs. For now, take care. If you're not staying home, get that mask still on for now until you get your shot and be safe and God bless.